Welcome to a new episode of the XR Magazine podcast. I am Diana Olenik, your host, and today we have another amazing guest who is going to delight us with his own journey. If you've ever watched a painter at work, you've undoubtedly felt the urge to try it for yourself. But getting an easel and expensive supplies is a serious commitment, one that few are willing to make. This is an opportunity for XR to show its full potential. Rotterdam-based solo indie developer Thomas van der Berg brings the joy of oil painting to MetaQuest 2 with the release of Vermilion on the Quest Store, giving you the unrivaled sense of accomplishment from creating beauty on the canvas without the mess. Vermilion features a far richer painting experience than any other VR painting up to date. Developed with the feedback of both traditional and digital artists, you're sure to get the fun of oil painting without any of the frustration. To start the painting experience, we just whisk the brush through piles of paint on the palette to reach any hue or value. The colors mix realistically, so yellow and blue form green, and opposing colors such as blue and orange create black. We can also add some paint thinner to create transparent washes, and because vermilion is all about wet on wet painting, colors will mix on the canvas as well. This allows for effortlessly smooth and natural blending of color. Because this is a digital canvas, we'll get the benefits we are sure to spark the envy of any traditional artist. Layers and undo, redo. Yes, this sounds super, super exciting. We're speaking today with Thomas and... I really believe that these are the type of tools that can improve our workflows for artists and can, of course, save some money while enjoying the benefits of expressing the creativity, the one that everyone of, uh, of one of expressing creativity, the one that every one of us for sure have. Thank you so much. And let's jump into the action. Let's hear directly from Thomas. Thank you so much, Thomas, for being here today. I'm super excited and I'm sure that all the other listeners as well. Please let us know how did you get started. I'm super, super happy to have you here today. Hi, Diana. I'm very glad to be here today. So um, how I got started, I think originally um, I studied um, at a school where I learned yeah, creative development in general, where we didn't really touch on VR because also it wasn't really released yet. Only when I started at my first job, I was working at a company who made um, like 3D interactive applications for museums and for businesses. And in 2016, um, the VR, like commercially available VR started coming out and we got our first um, headset at the company, the um, Oculus DK2, the DevK2. And when I first used it, I was like, I was so amazed. You know, it was like such an interesting technology. I stayed like after hours to play with it. Um, and yeah, I mean, since then I really had interest in, in working on VR and at the company, I didn't have so many opportunities to use it. Um, but I got a Vive at home and just started prototyping at home. And, um, yeah, I've basically since then always been, been, been busy with the, with VR. That's kind of how I got into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, amazing. It, it seems you come a little bit from the media and communications background, etc. 
how did you end up with coding? You know, like this is super it's, curious because you're a little bit from the creative side. Yeah, no, it's like the the thing I started is yeah, it's called um, new media and communication technology, but it's yeah, it's just programming and web design stuff. Um, and I learned Unity um, by myself there for um, for a project. Um, and yeah, basically, since I started working at this company, I introduced Unity there as the first one. Like, okay, from now on, let's start using this game engine instead of like a very outdated. Um, I think it was like Adobe Air, which is like the uh, <laughs> the successor of Flash they were still using. So I was like, okay, let's start using Unity. And basically, yeah, that's I, I've been using Unity professionally ever since I started working. Yeah, that's amazing. Thank you for explaining us how actually that worked, um, the program of uh, the media and communications and how did you, were, you were able to transition to Unity. So what were the first challenges that you found learning Unity? Um, the question is because sometimes when someone from a creative field, for example, comes and discovers this amazing tool, sometimes it faces a little bit of a challenge at approaching the tool. What were your challenges, if any, and how did you face them? No, no, I really think because it's already been like, I don't know, six or seven years since yeah. I started using it. Um, and I'm not sure because obviously I was actually learning C Sharp, you know, the program language used oh. in Unity already before. So it wasn't the same challenge as someone yeah. would face coming purely from a creative background or media background. Oh. Um, I'm not sure. I mean... If you're familiar with, with programming, then there are so many like great tutorials online or courses which you can follow. So I, I found it pretty, pretty easy to get going. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Yes. So what were one of some of the first experiences that you built using Unity? And maybe what were the challenges of those ones? I took a look a little bit of uh, certain projects that you built interesting, like using tablets and going kind of like in these challenges for companies. So how was it? Yeah, I mean, for the company, we made many different kind of things like um, um, interactive projection mapping applications that were a lot of fun. And actually the personal project, which I really liked, I did in the, um, I think in the, summer after I finished studying it was like also my first kind of solo unity project was for uh, an application to generate animation from a music file so that you could animate um, in this case a, a violin player purely by using the sheet music and then like analyzing okay how should the fingers be placed on the on the neck how should the bow be moved uh, and that was like a really interesting project for me, like very much above <laughs> what I knew at the time, but it was like a really challenging, okay, like writing an algorithm to generate finger positions and then driving the animation as well. Like, that was a really challenging project. It was very fun to do and, you know, moving my boundaries a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Yes. Um, so when you started creating Vermilion, what was, you know, the reasoning that you saw or that drove you to say, oh, I want a painting app. Like, why a painting app? Yeah, yeah, it's kind of a funny story. I mean, it's about two years ago now. Um, my girlfriend and I started on um, a, a trip around the world. We wanted to travel for six months. But then in March of 2020, um, COVID really became an issue. So we had to return home. Um, in the middle of our trip, you know, we were very, I know, disappointed and in a, in a bad mindset because, you know, our trip was ruined. We didn't know where to go. 
we actually had no real place to stay. We had no jobs because we, of course, we canceled everything before we left. Yeah. Uh, and uh, then on YouTube, I kind of like rediscovered Bob Ross, who is this very famous painter, and he's just very calming. And I was like, you know, he's like, he has like a really good influence. You know, he's very relaxing to watch. And I was like, okay, maybe it's fun to try and see if I can paint along in VR. So I made a very quick prototype of like very rough uh, painting with like a video of him next to it. Um, and uh, I shared it on LinkedIn, which was my only social media at the time. <laughs> and um, yeah, it was like a, a, a huge success on there. Like there was a lot of interest for it. So I figured, okay, maybe this is something that people are into. You know, being able to paint along with Bob Ross or in general with YouTube and painting in VR in general because, you know, you don't have the setup required for it, you know, other materials. So, yeah, that's basically how I got started. And um, ever since then, I've been working on it. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, it sounds very exciting. So getting a little bit more into the technicals, you built a first prototype. How was the process of you finally saying, okay, it's time to put it in the Quest store? Or how, how was that? Um, how was the process of making it actually? Because I also understand you created yourself, right? Not, not with a huge team around you. Is that yeah. correct? Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, done entirely by me. So yeah, that, that was one of the big challenges. Like at first, um, I was always doing it only after hours as well, next to next to my full-time job for yeah for more than one year. Basically, I was um, working two jobs technically, like before hours and after hours. I was also working on it be- mainly because um, I, I was just too afraid of going full-time on a um, on a on a game like on an indie game project. So yeah, I, I was working um, next to my day job and then always you know sort of iterating on it so it started with a very basic thing and looking at um, reference videos i was looking at painters online on, on youtube because i don't i don't know how to paint myself you know i'm not an artist you know i'm, I'm a, a programmer so i was always looking at stuff okay how, how should it behave and i was just trying mm-hmm. to mimic it and step by step you know until i get closer and closer and once i was at a stage where i was like okay now it's good enough to like i can make like a, a basic Bob Ross painting with it now it's good enough to get feedback from people then I um I put up my discord and uh I just you know posted in some channels and started inviting people into a closed beta and then um I started getting a lot of feedback and that was really valuable I think it's in general a good takeaway for your students like get feedback early in the process because um it, it really it really becomes like a driving direction of where you have to go. And like people were saying like, okay, I'm an old painter and it should be more like this. Or there are people from more like the digital side and be like, okay, you know, this would be very useful to have. And then with this feedback, you know, just, you know, it's an, an iterative process of shaping it. And then, yeah, until at the point you asked about your release. Um, so initially it was only um, on Steam because um, I, I started developing on PC VR mainly just because I only had the original Vive headset. I had no other headsets. And of course, it's a lot easier to develop on PC because of the performance on it. And Vermillion is a very like performance-heavy application because of the simulation needs to run. Um, but actually, I was very lucky when um, I announced the Steam release and um, Meta contacted me and was like, yeah, we like what you're doing. We would like you to come to the Quest store as well. So I then, then after the Steam release became the huge effort of porting it to Quest, which was a, a massive challenge because the performance constraint is so much, uh, so much more limited on the Quest than it's on PC. 
Um, so that was, <laughs> that was a huge effort working uh, towards it. And that's also when I finally decided that I had to quit my job because it was just like, it was unmanageable to get it done in time for the release. Wow. <laughs> and still working my job. I was like, okay, um, I, I have to quit and work full time on Vermillion. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Sounds, sounds pretty, pretty exciting. So while building actually this app, what were the technical challenges? I see that it portrays an amazing mix of color. You know, it really looks like the textures, really looks like the oil painting, the reflection of the light. Like what type of technical challenges did you fix and, and how, how you approach them? So there were two main technical challenges to it. Well, I mean, several. But uh, so the first one was um, having just the, the bristles of the brushes move correctly. So that was, I mean, that was still doable, but it was still kind of challenging to get it to work properly. Um, and that was just basically all down to to vector vector mouths. <laughs> Everything is always mouths. Um, and then yeah, the other one, um, which seemed to be very challenging at first, was um, the realistic color mixing. Yeah. So that, um, for instance, like blue and yellow have to form green because in, in, of course, in, in a digital medium in RGB, that's not how it works. And it was always just a linear gradient between the two. It doesn't get like to a different color. So that was challenging, but I was reading just some, some papers on the subject and, um, yeah, I found a solution that works really well for, for what it needs to do. Uh, like sooner than expected, <laughs> I was like, okay, this was actually, it turned out to be not so difficult after I got the original thing working. So that was a, that, that was like a, a little win. And otherwise there, there were many, many challenges, first performance wise, and then also just in general, getting the, the look and feel correct. Like, um, because the paint also mixes on the canvas and you can also mix on the palette directly, you know, just getting a smooth gradient, um, between the, like when you're doing a stroke between two colors, it needs to be like a very smooth gradient between the two. It needs to mix with different colors. It needs to leave a, uh, like you said, the, the relief, like the thickness of the paint. And then, like all of these things were very challenging to achieve and also in a performant way. Um, and that, that mostly just took a lot of time, you know, just like iterating on it, really debugging it, you know, just making sure you have plenty of debug features to see like, okay, what is happening every single frame? And then looking at all of the different texture buffers, which I'm generating like, to see like, okay, what's going on in there. That was like the only way that, that I could really get a hold of what it needs to do is like really providing all of the debug information so I can look in depth at what the simulation is doing. Yeah. Wow. Amazing. How long in total took you to create this app from the very conception to the launch as a solo developer? Yeah. Um, good question. <laughs> but yeah, currently it's, um, I think I started in, yeah, let's say about March of 2020. So now it's the end of 2022. So yeah, <laughs> we've been working on it for like almost two years. Um, up until now, but of course the majority of it was, um, just after hours. I only, um, it's only been one year now. In December, it will be one year that I've been working on it full time. So I don't know, let's say one and a half years or something. Amazing. Thank you yeah. so much. And how was your transition? I mean, you know, like we are having this amazing, beautiful example that you have where we are, you know, in our job that we're doing what we like, et cetera. Everything is okay. And now we see this challenge or opportunity. How was transitioning and how your life, your day-to-day -day became now as a full-time, uh, you know, CEO or founder yeah. of the, of the, of the app? Yeah. So, um, 
on the one hand, it's it, it was very liberating because I no longer had to worry about mm -hmm. also doing the day job next to it and just being able to do it full time. But it's also been just an, <laughs> an insanely busy time. So mm -hmm. basically, I was already working around the clock before I went full time um, as an indie developer. And then it, it basically never changed. So I was then only just working only on Vermillion, but still the same hours, really, like often getting up at six in the morning, starting work until like 9 p.m., getting things done for the crest release and afterwards for updates. Um, so it's always been it's been immensely busy um, with very little time for myself or for my girlfriend. So, I mean, there's like two sides to being a solo developer, right? Like on the one hand, it's very um, it's great to do to be able to be in charge of the whole thing. Um, and to have all of the profit for yourself, which is also a big part of it. Um, but on the other hand, it means that, yeah, I mean, you're just working many, many hours, um, and everything falls on you. So, yeah, I mean, all in all, I, like, it's a lifestyle which, which really works for me. You know, I, um, I'm not one who really needs to be, um, around colleagues all day or something. I can just be focused by myself, uh, on my work. Um, well, yeah, I think it's something, if you can start on it, to, you have to see like, okay, is this something which fits what, what, what my expectations are? Yeah, yeah, amazing. How, how is a normal day? Like, what type of activities do you have to do just like to, to try to understand what would be, you know, the demands of this type of undertaking? Uh, how is, how does a normal day look like for you? Yeah. Uh, currently, for me, it's still very much development focused, <laughs> um, just because I'm I'm actively working on updates. Um, but I also ne next to the actual development of it, it's um, yeah. In this case, I'm coordinating with an agency to create new artwork for the store, so that's a part of it. Um, I'm always trying to contact content creators, so it's like okay, identifying where they are and um following up on them, see if they like it, see if they want to make a video or um, content on one of the other social media channel, uh, challenges. Yeah. And yeah, also I'm always um, doing support for the community. So if someone comes into Discord and I'm saying, okay, I have this issue, you know, I have to follow up on that as well. Um, but like, like I said, generally pretty much all of it is, um, is development. So because I'm currently really focused on um, getting a multiplayer update ready for the Christmas um, release. And yeah, that just, you know, requires a lot of effort um, in developing and in testing. Yeah, amazing. Oh, wow. Sounds super, super exciting. And now, what is your vision? Um, where do you think that you like to start taking Vermilion? I, I know that you're working in the development right now, but where where do you see it going? Or what, what are you working on right now, kind of like in, the, in terms of where you're going? Yeah. Yeah, so after multiplayer, which I think is, is pretty much the most exciting feature I've added since since the release, um, I will probably be exploring more like mixed reality features. Um, that's something which all of the big XR companies are really focusing on right now. You know, with the Quest Pro, they're went really all in on making it a mixed reality device. Um, and then yeah, upcoming headsets from competitors will also be looking into this segment of it because yeah, everyone is moving towards AR glasses in the future. So mm -hmm. everyone's really interested in this uh, mixed reality aspect of it. And this is something which works together with Vermillion really well. Um, it already has passed through since the, since the release. 
um, but it works really well in color pass through. And yeah, I will be looking at like, for instance, being able to decorate your own living room with your virtual paintings. Like as soon as you put on your headset, you load it into Vermillion yeah. and you can still see in your living room. Okay. I've done these pieces. That's yeah. like one of the things which um, I'm looking forward to, to implementing next year. Ah, sounds super exciting. I can't wait for that to be launched. And as you mentioned, the, the glasses are now coming to the market, you know, with the Snapdragon and this, uh, uh, um, you know, systems have been improved, devices, etc. So it's in no time, I believe, that this can be happening in a couple of years and uh, people will be using this, of course, at home. So I'm very, very excited about that. Um, I, I notice also that you might sometimes have used as well Unreal Engine. Is, is that correct? That sometimes you have experimented a little bit with that? I, I'd like to know how is your experience? What do you see that the difference? Sometimes we just don't know. If you, if we are using just Unity, we don't know what is what Unreal Engine has. If you're using Unreal Engine, you don't know what is what Unity all can offer. So what are your thoughts about that? Like, yeah, so I've used it also um, at the company I was working. Um, and yeah, I've used it once in the VR project for um, for another client, but um in general like i'm i really i'm really fond of unreal engine because of its you know its immense power in rendering and it has like great animation features yeah. um but from uh, currently I, I, I the reason why i started with unity on vermilion is because it was easier to program shaders in it like in in unreal is very heavily focused on their node based shader approach okay. which is great if you're an artist but for me like i, I need to be everything is is written right it's programmed because the shaders are really too complex to do it in the node mm-hmm. um and it's possible in real but it's more of a hassle so it was just it was really faster for me to work in unity than to work in unreal mm-hmm. uh, also because it, i'm more versed with c sharp than i am with c++ so it just it was just a lot quicker for me and i don't have time to erase right i, I always need to be working in, in hours before and after my, my job, you know, so I've really focused on Unity. And now when I look at the development um, Discord channels from the VR developers, um, the people who are working with Unreal mostly notice that it's really tough to get it running performantly on Quest. Um, and I'm also seeing that from Meta themselves, many of the of their updates, of their SDKs, or their performance upgrades are only coming to Unity. So mm-hmm. even Meta themselves are kind of focusing on Unity at this time. I think also Epic is also not really investing in VR. They only once did um, an upgrade for when they made Robo Recall, which was funded by Oculus at the time. Um, and since then, they've basically not really done anything for VR. So yeah, mm-hmm. I don't think that yeah, that there is, they seem to be really interested in it. So I think that Unity is a good choice when you're uh, making a VR game. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that. Wow, this has been so great to hear all, you know, that journey, what type of tools you use. Um, I understand that you not only are like very good at the coding of these uh, experiences, but also you're a little bit also involved with the tech, the, the art, the art part a little bit, you know, like you experiment with the lighting, with effects, with particles, with all of these things. So how has been that for you or, or what motivated you to also, you know, have the other part, which typically we specialize just the coding and I don't do anything else, but you also involve a little bit of the art. Does it come from from a uh, particular interest that you have with the art part, or or why is that? 
Yeah, um, I think the thing which I enjoy the most in the work we do, like working with game engines and just being in control of the whole thing and just, okay, you, you write the code, but it's for making something visual. Yeah. So, um, like the, there's this, this job called a technical artist, which is about writing shaders and looking into rendering techniques for achieving certain effects. And that's, that's the thing, the thing which, which I like most is just, you know, really working on these shaders. And that was something which really fits with, with the project I made. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, actually when I, when I, when Vermilion first released, it looked a lot worse <laughs> just because like most of the things which I've made were, you know, were functional and I, I didn't really have the time to invest into making good looking textures or lighting and then only for but actually no one complained about it everyone's okay the the actual painting works really well and that's what really was, everyone was into it but then for the crest release I figured you know I should you know kick yeah, it up a notch and do better <laughs> so then uh, I got um the substance tools mainly substance painter um and that was that's just an amazing tool to make you know great looking um textures um for the models and i also made a whole new model actually for for the easel um and that really improved the visuals a lot and in general it's something which i really enjoy just like um thinking about the design of the studio equipment so like the the easel needed to be um, very adjustable because you have to be able to paint while seated or while standing or lying down even um so it was like an, an interesting challenge okay like how would you be able to to design a piece of furniture which can bend in all of these ways which still looks like an easel which is very accessible which is easy to use in vr so that was actually one of the one of the fun parts. And then after doing the modeling and the texturing, then on top of it comes the programming part to be able to actually move the easel around, you know, adjust it in all the way. So that's something which I really like, like this kind of way of first designing it and making it look good and then making everything work as well, making it very easy to use and, you know, fun to use in VR. That's like when everything comes together like this. And actually on top of it is also the sound design, which I also did myself, of course. And actually, that's also like a very fun part of it, just like, okay, recording the Foley sounds and then programming them in such a way that they're, you know, they sound realistic. Yeah, that's, that's wow. uh, one of the things which I most enjoy, just making it come together like this. That sounds super, super amazing. Yeah, I, I think that you have such a immense capability, not only in the art, but also in the technicals. Uh, Vermilion is such a beautiful app. It has so many details. Actually, what type of tool do you use for for modeling? Did, did you model that or how? how yeah, uh, I use Blender, which is, of oh, course, the, <laughs> an amazing tool to use. Um, yeah, shout wow. out to Blender. Wow, so many details. Wow, like I cannot believe that we are here speaking, that we are learning from you, you're Amazing, like you have many admirers around the world. It is because you do amazing uh, work and we're super excited to be talking to you today. Is there anything else that you wish I had asked you today, Thomas? Yeah, if if you were to ask, um, okay, if you're a student now and you want to get started with making your own uh, VR app, then what would my advice be? I think it would be... Um, don't be afraid of taking the risk of going full time. Like I should have done it from the start. Um, and it would have saved, that would have actually, you know, been uh, very beneficial for me if I wasn't so risk averse and was like waiting it out and uh, I should stay with my full time job. You know, I think, you know, you should definitely 
um, if if you see that your app is getting traction, if you see people are responding positively to it, then you know don't be afraid of taking the dive and, and really going for it. Wow, that's amazing. Thank you so much. I love that because many of or sometimes opportunities or big decisions in life are sometimes driven only by fear, but mm. that shouldn't be the case because life is so abundant and we never know in what direction things are going to take. So because we don't know why taking just only the view or perception of fear when there can be variety of other things exciting happening that maybe is not what we're thinking. So thank you so much. It's super, super exciting. Um, we're going to be, um, of course, promoting, um, your episode, inviting everybody to, to watch it, not only in the community, but also in social media. And, um, we, um, right now I am inviting everybody to take a look, uh, at, um, Vermilion, which is available in the Oculus Quest store. Um, is, is that, uh, is it, uh, do you have the plans to launch it in any other platforms or not yet? It's also on Steam. Uh, it was actually released on Steam first. Uh, and I will also be coming to more platforms, okay. <laughs> which uh, the news about that will be, uh, will be coming soon. But yeah, I'm definitely also on other platforms as well. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, so inviting everybody to check Vermilion to try it and to please tag, um, Thomas when you're making your creations so more people can get to discover per million and uh, to make a couple of videos is pretty simple in the quest and shading is skating. Thank you so much, Thomas, for being here today and uh, see you in the next episode. Thank you very much for having me. Bye-bye.